You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller, coming at you on this Wednesday. And um, some actual Phillies news, some actual Phillies action in the last week uh, as they made first trade of the Dave Dombrowski era. Uh, yesterday on Tuesday and um, you know some other non-Philly stuff to talk about been a pretty active uh, week for one team in specific and 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 we'll touch into that and this will be our last uh, episode of 2020 so we'll take a look back at at what this year was like for the Phillies as always I'm joined by my co-host Ty Daubert. Ty how you doing? I'm good like you said we got a trade in for the Phillies. We have a trade to talk about. The Phillies, of course, if you watched any of last season, you'll know that the bullpen was, I'd say, less than reliable. Um, so they made an addition to the bullpen. And it's somebody who, if you're on baseball Twitter, you've probably seen clips of him pitching. So that'll be fun to dive into, talk about a little bit. Like you said, we'll, we'll touch on some other offseason stuff. We'll touch on some real Muto, and we'll reflect on this year a little bit and just what an odd one it has been. A lot has changed, but I'm excited to get into it with you for our final episode of this calendar year. Sounds good. Yeah, so uh, yesterday on Tuesday, the Phillies traded Garrett Clevenger, a 26-year-old left-handed reliever who had made one appearance in the majors, um, a favorite of Ty Doppert for – uh, they sent him to the Dodgers and uh, Dodgers sent a player to the Rays and the Rays sent Jose Alvarado to the Phillies. Um, as Ty mentioned, Jose Alvarado, a reliever, um, he has thrown some ridiculous pitches that have made their way through Twitter because they're just like 99 mile per hour cutters that move a foot and just, I mean, like our, our the most insane pitches you'll ever see. Yeah, um, it, the two seamer runs like three feet sometimes. I think. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and I think like you look at Alvarado, he was hurt for a lot of last season, um, and wasn't productive when he was healthy, and he hasn't been like an elite reliever or anything at the major league level, but um, he has really good stuff, and obviously the Phillies are looking to add. Um, I mean, I mean, they just need to keep adding guys like Alvarado um, to to help build a, a better bullpen, and and I'm sure they hope, obviously, that he can um, figure it out and bring it to the next level. Um, even if that costs them Clevenger, which Ty, you want to talk about Clevenger a little bit? Yeah, so he was he was one of the one of the players I covered in 2019 in Reading, and you know there was always some hope there that. He had, he had big stuff, like hard fastball, slider combo. And with that, there's always the making somewhere in there of like a really good left-handed reliever, somebody who throws hard and has that wipeout uh, kind of slider. And the issue with him is he just walks too many players here. He walks too many batters. And, um, you know, I think going to a place like L.A. could work for him. And – there's honestly, maybe he could have worked out for the Phillies in the long run. He only threw 
two thirds of an inning in the major leagues. And, um, you know, they turned, they turned him into a younger pitcher with a lot more experience and who has succeeded at the major league level. You said Alvarado hasn't been an elite reliever in the majors, but 2018 at the age of 23 was pretty close to be honest, 70 games, 64 innings, uh, 2.39 ERA, like, Maybe not elite, maybe not top five, but that's that's some top tier relief pitching. Uh, Phillies certainly didn't have that this past season, so that's an upgrade if he can get back to that. Like you said, he's battled some injuries. He's only thrown thirty nine innings over the last two seasons, but I think if you're the Phillies, you would have hoped that Garrett Clevenger could turn into Jose Alvarado at some point like that kind of production at best and they instead turned him into actual Jose Alvarado who is also a year younger than Garrett Clevenger so I think it's it's a good move um I'll still be following along with Clevenger's with with his career in LA because he does have some interesting stuff in that left arm but yeah, it's a good move for the Phillies. They're going to need some of these moves to hit if they want to compete next season. You know, you think of – this kind of makes me think of the uh, of the Jose Alvarez for Luis Garcia move where you're just swapping relievers with another team, but hopefully the one you get back hits if you're the Phillies, and maybe this could be another move like that. Yeah, I mean, it also goes to show, like – don't don't go and trade like Addison Ross for David Hale. Like, I, I mean, I guess that trade was fine, but but try and, and trade for someone like Alvarado if you're gonna if you have you know a 25 year old prospect who you know not a high prospect but you could be could be a productive reliever himself. Like like the David Hale trade, they they traded for Hale and he pitched in like six games. Um, Listen, he made a. He made a start in the last week of a playoff run, man. Like that's <laughs> no, but but you're right. You want to if if you're making a trade like this, you want somebody who is more of a sure. No, I wouldn't say Alvarado is like a sure thing. You want somebody with more upside, like yeah. potential to to be in the back end of your bullpen, and not trading like legitimate they, prospects like Russ for somebody that you might not even use. Yeah, for like they're going to use Alvarado. Yeah, they're going to exactly. use Alvarado and. Uh, Clevenger was less of a short thing. Well, not not to say Russ was a short thing either, but he was more of um, a prospect, and you know Clevenger's a little bit older, and also yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about about the the state of the bullpen now, because you add Alvarado, and then other than that, Hector Neris slots in, Connor Brogan slots in, um, maybe Jojo Romero. Uh, it depends on. I mean, I mean, he was. We talked. We've talked about this uh, outside of the podcast. He was uh, really good for a few games, and then he got lit up for a few games. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell what he is. Um, but beyond those four, Dave, they, I think they, they tendered David Hale a contract. Um, like they, they need some guys. They, they have. Um, I, I mean, yeah. What, what's your take on on? Yeah, there. It seems like there's one for sure reliever in the bullpen next year, and that's Hector Neris, and now Jose Alvarado. 
There's some other ones that are probably closer to shore things, like like you said, Romero could be in there, maybe Rosso's in there, and Connor Brogdon's probably close to a lock, I'd say, as well. But, you know, the three of the guys I mentioned were rookies last season, and maybe some even have rookie eligibility next season. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they... <laughs> it's a, a lot of question marks in that bullpen other than Naris, who was not great last year, but I think you know at this point what you're going to get from Hector Naris for the most part. He's gonna, he, he should be able to bounce back next season and, and get back to where he was in the two or so years prior, uh, especially 2019 when he was really, really, really good for the Phillies. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if they see a closer in Alvarado if they're going to go with Neris as the closer right now. I Dombrowski kind of hinted at wanting, at liking the idea of having a closer, you know, when he was in Boston, they had Craig Kimbrell, although he did not uh, close out the World Series when he was there because he was pretty bad that postseason. But Dombrowski seems to like the idea of having a closer. Um, maybe that's not exactly my thing. I'm not huge on really strict bullpen rolls, but it, it seems like the way that the Phillies are are going to go. So I don't know if this is what they believe to be their their new closer or if they'll roll with Naris or maybe there's another big back end of the bullpen move coming in soon. I I my guess would be there is another move coming. I think they're gonna invest in in one of the top guys. Um, oh, that's well, like on the free agent, free yeah. agent. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, Hend- Hendricks, uh, maybe. See what he gets, Hend- but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. You don't? I don't. I don't see it. I think it's probably gonna be more trades like this. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think I also, think... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what clo- I don't know what relievers are going to get right. in free agency. So maybe if they wait it out and there's a bunch of uh, relievers still out there in February, maybe they do get somebody who probably should have signed for more. And yeah, I mean, I, I do. Like, I think they make more moves like this to um, at least like one or two to add add more more depth, um, whether it's late in depth, middle depth. But I think they're going to sign. They're going to sign someone. Um, what do you think, think the chances that, are? No, go ahead. I, I just think that is like their highest priority this offseason outside of um, a real Muto signing. Like, I think, I think bringing in um, like a, a guy who is, um, you know, a, an elite reliever type. What do you, what do you think the chances are that they bring Jose Alvarez back? Somebody I just mentioned. Um, they kind of brought him in, and at first he was not great for the Phillies. Like for like a month, early yeah. Early in 2019. Early in 2019, he was pretty unreliable. But after that, he's been one of their best relievers the past two seasons. And maybe they make the playoffs if he does not get hurt in 2020 because they, what, missed it by a single game. And if he's around at the end of the year, they might, um, they, they might sneak into the playoffs. But... What what do you think his chances are? I think having Alvarado, it would be nice to have Alvarez back, and he can be a little less of your 
best reliever and little more of a lefty specialist as much as you can do that in with today's rules and three batter minimum. Um, I, I think bringing him back would make sense as, as long as it's the right deal, but yeah. I yeah. I mean, your thoughts on I, I agree. Like the Alvarado thing probably lessens the chances, but I, I like, I, I agree that bringing him back makes sense. I think bringing back even Blake Parker makes sense. Just guys who you can bring in for, for practically nothing like a million dollars, $2 million. Um, who have been like like Blake Parker was their best reliever for a stretch last year, um, and he's not a guy you want to trust in late late innings or anything. But um, you know, bring him back to to be your you know middle reliever guy and, and a depth guy. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I think and, and there are plenty of those guys too available in general. Those those two or three million dollar signings that um, kind of bolster the depth. Uh, but again, I think I think as many as them as those moves as they can make, they're they're gonna wanna um, bring, you know, make their make their Jonathan Papelbon signing. Yeah, and like Although, you like like you said, there um, there's a lot of like two ish million dollar signings to be made, and they did kind of make those last year. Like there are a bunch of one million, two million dollar minor league deals that they made last season. Drew Storin. Francisco Liriano and either none of them hit or like the players didn't even make the major league roster. And that was kind of the difference last season. Like if they get three million ish dollar relievers that are effective and they can put them in the back end of the bullpen last year, they don't trade for Brandon Workman probably. And they probably make the playoffs. Like they're just going to have to have those, work like that's what it comes down to they need they need some of those to hit they really do for sure and they and they need to spend money invest in the bullpen because they didn't do that last last offseason because they didn't want to dip into the luxury tax and then that i mean we could say oh you know in another year maybe these million dollar guys hit but but really what it comes down to is is their refusal to spend money um because if they did then they would have easily made the playoffs and it's um obviously it is what it is. They don't, but they should. Uh, going on to uh, some other Phillies r- rumors. Um, so I think it was it, it first came out last week. Um, who reported it? Maybe it was, it was John Heyman that reported. Yeah, John Heyman. To... John Heyman said that the Phillies have some kind of offer out to Real Muto. It wasn't really clear. He used the hashtag mystery market somewhere in there. Because uh, it wasn't clear what other teams had offered, but yeah. then, as I, as you were gonna say, John Clark of NBC Sports Philly said that there is no official offer out to Real Muto, and some people could say like viewed this as conflicting reports, but I think it's probably more likely that the Phillies have discussed numbers with Real Muto. They've flown some ideas of what a contract could look like. Uh, they, they've flown that by Real Muto's agent and that's what Heyman got word of and what he reported but maybe there's just no official offer that meaning they're close to a contract that is what I would interpret this as I don't, I don't know about you though yeah I, I agree I mean it's it's basically nothing rumors like they obviously they're they're talking to Real Muto's agent um, 
and and like you said like whether there's an official whether if there's not an official like a, an officially official offer yeah on the, i think i think the term like official, that doesn't matter i think the term official offer probably means that like there's a contract written up with those numbers on it and like he's ready to right. sign it like that's probably what official offer means in in this sense yeah so i mean i i it's hard to gauge uh especially now now that the mets are out um because they signed james mccann a couple weeks ago it, it's it's pretty clear that the phillies are like the favorite to sign real you know based on fit based on the fact that he was here and all of that but like i don't know yet if i'm um like confident that they will sign him. Um, the team, the team that honestly worries me the most is the the Washington Nationals, um, because like they, they made the Josh Bell trade within the past week, um, and you look at their roster and they are like they're definitely on um, the decline. And like I think Scherzer's a free agent after this year, and and everyone's getting older. So I just feel like I feel like they're they're gonna want to really go for it again, like one more time. I and, think uh, I think they could be more players on the Wilson Contreras front, but maybe what if the Nationals did get Real Muto and then the Phillies traded for Wilson Contreras? Do you think that's out of the question? Like it's probably unlikely. Real Muto would be the better signing, but Contreras would obviously. Less contract would cost you some prospects, which the yeah. Phillies, we, we've talked about. Uh, Matt Gelb reported a little bit ago that they'd rather not give up prospects, but maybe they're willing to sacrifice some um, in order to save some money, which I don't – I'd probably not the best move, but I don't know if they'd do it. I don't I, – I, I would guess that the Phillies aren't going to – like. Tr- they're not looking to trade for Contreras um, um, like instead of signing Real Muto. Because uh, like you said, they don't like like the Gallup report and, and just in general, like you look at their their prospects, they're not super deep and and, and they're not going to want to pair with with a you know some of their top guys um, for a position that they could just sign someone. However, if if Real Muto signed somewhere else, like this catching catcher's market is like super super thin. Um, and right now, the second best catcher on the, or I mean, the best catcher on the Phillies is Andrew Knapp, and then it's Christian Betancourt. Like, they need to bring someone in, and if it's not Real Muto, and and if Yadier Molina signs with the Cardinals, which I think is like the lock of the century, I doubt he goes anywhere else. Um, like, they would need to trade for someone, or else again, they would be going into 2021 with a tandem of Andrew Knapp and Christian Betancourt. So I could see a, a Contreras trade happening there. Um, but I don't think like it's, it's something they're going to go out of their way to do while Real, Real Muto is still available. Yeah. And you mentioned the catching market being thin, like McCann's gone. Zanino's gone. The Phillies, like there is, there can't be any chance that the Phillies starting catcher in 2021 is on the team right now. Like, I don't, I just don't, I could be wrong, but I would be shocked if they think that this current catching tandem, like you said, is good enough to be a team that's trying to compete in 2021. Like if they go into 2021 with Andrew Knapp and Christian Bethencourt or, uh, I know they said they'd rather have Raphael Marchand 
probably uh, spends more time in the minors. Girardi said that. But if they do go into 2021 with Andrew Knapp as their starting catcher, like, then then what what are you really doing? Like, that's I think you're just telling your fans like you're not ready to compete and you're not trying to not trying to win at that point. Um, so I think there's probably a close to zero percent chance that their starting catcher is on their on their roster right now. But I think that with those two players, especially getting signed already, Zanino and McCann, it puts a lot of pressure on them to get Real Muto back because there are not many good starting catchers out there in free agency. And once Real Muto goes, and if Molina is going back to the Cardinals, like you said, like they're in a rough position where they need to trade for a catcher without a ton of leverage because everyone knows that they need a starting catcher. Yeah, I mean, not that it would be like super unlikely for them to trade for someone in that scenario, but honestly, I I think it would just be more likely like that, that they would, and this would be, I think this would be the wrong move, but if they miss out on Real Muto, I think they'd kind of throw in the towel for, for 2021, just sign like Tyler Flowers or Kurt Suzuki to platoon with Nath and just kind of, you know, I, I really do think like there are, there's an off season in which they sign Real Muto and they kind of make um, not that that they end up spending a whole ton, like like a ton more money elsewhere or anything. But like if they sign Real Muto, they'll they'll make more move more win now ish moves. Whether that's you know trades like the one for Alvarado or or um, you know bigger signings or whatever. Or if they if they miss out on Real Muto, like I think I think they probably look at next season as a wash. Yeah, I kind of agree it kind of feels like they have two two off seasons the one where they go for the playoffs or the one where they kind of just take a year off or try to reset which is like I don't know your owner has said it himself if you're if you're not trying to win like then what are you doing owning owning a major professional sports team like they have been super close especially last year it just does not make a whole lot of sense to use this year as a as a reset because you're we've said it a million times your guys are not getting any younger and it's just i don't know it's rough to see uh, when especially when you see teams like the Padres going out and trading for every single good player on the trade market and signing uh, an international free agent who is really good but I, I don't know. It doesn't. It seems like there's never more than like three teams like that. There's more teams like the Cubs or how the Phillies have seemingly been acting, where they are huge markets and they're kind of not not keeping their good players in order to compete. I can't imagine that's great for the state of Major League Baseball. Maybe it's great for Major League Baseball in the sense that the teams are making more money because they're not spending a ton on salary for the players, but it's not good for the state of building the game and having it watched by fans. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. And um, I mean, it's also like, <laughs> you look at the t- these teams that are just, 
selling guys like the, the the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. Like, what are we doing here? Those are our top five markets. Um, and like, if you're buying a team in a top five market, like you, you can't just expect to, um, I don't know, not spend. <laughs> and um, with Darvish, it's, he didn't get traded for anything. He, they, I mean, they, they got Zach Davies, who's a back end starter and they got three non top prospects, like, you know, maybe one day they develop into something, but they really like, they didn't get anything. And it's because, you know, you Darvish who has been like elite the past, ever since the middle of, of the 2019 season, uh, they, they gave him up for nothing just because he's owed a little bit of money the next three seasons. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. And, and, and you look at the Red Sox, they didn't get anything for Beth. They got out. I mean, they got Alex Verdugo. Like he's fine. Um, it, it It's just kind of, I don't know. It's it's crazy to watch, and I hope that we see things start to change a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really won't. doubt they will. They won't. Yeah, it, it they won't, won't happen. So. And you know, you mentioned it being big markets too. Um, let's also not act like teams like Tampa Bay and quote unquote smaller markets. Let's not act like they don't have money as well. You know, the Rays, the Rays have just made the World Series and they traded one of their best players and they got a good return. Like you can, we've talked about this with the Phillies. Um, you have to kind of separate the the decisions from ownership and the higher ups to um, really shed salary and then separate that from the baseball operations moves and what you get in return when you're selling these players, because the Rays did get a good return with Patino uh, for Blake Snell when they traded him to the Padres. But even if they did get a good move, like you were two wins away from winning the world series. And this move doesn't make you more likely to win the world series next year when you should in theory be close and trying to go back like it's just there's never more than like three or four teams that are really trying to win the world series in mlb per year it that's just the way it seems every single year and that's not a good product to watch like that's not that's not a good product you look at look at the nl central next season there are zero teams that are trying to win zero teams in the nl central Like, why would anyone – baseball fans are going to watch baseball, but why should any casual fan be really tuned in to watch the winner of the NL Central win 83 games? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? How is is baseball going to grow? Like, you know, people say baseball is a dying sport, all that. I don't know if that's true, but um, it's definitely true that young people aren't interested in baseball. And how is, how is that going to change if, if you have, like you said, you, you have entire divisions where no one's trying to win. Um, now I say that with the NFC East in mind. Um, so maybe that's not the only factor, but um, again, like just like spend money. And, and, and it's not like the Padres are in a huge market. Like it's San Diego. It's not LA. Um, but they, I mean, they, they signed, they gave out two very big contracts to, uh, Hosmer and to Machado and they 
are trading for guys and they um, they're like, they're going for it and it's awesome and it's fun. And like, you know what, they might not win the world series, but at least they're going for it. Uh, it took the Dodgers 10 years of spending a lot of money and, and doing everything right. And they didn't make the world series. They didn't win the world series for, for 10 years. And, and it's hard, it's hard to do, but you're not going to do it if you don't even try. Uh, and it's a shame to see that most teams won't even try. Uh, the, the Cleveland Indians, they have the maybe the best shortstop in baseball. And they're saying, you know what? Um, they, I mean, they have the best shortstop and, and, and arguably the best rotation. And they said, you know, well, let's trade, let's trade three of the pitchers from this rotation and let's uh, trade the shortstop so we can cut our salary in, in more than half. I think that they're, they're looking to spend like $50 million this year, like 50 million. And like, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, if you're not going to spend money, then, um, you know, what's the point of owning a baseball team? Yeah. I, I guess mean, then it's, we, it's we, to we make say, money, which is. Yeah. We, we say it's unbelievable, but it's actually super believable. Very believable. And yeah. it's kind of how they've acted for our whole lifetimes. And before it, um, teams would rather win 86 games and sneak into the playoffs than, uh, as long as they're not paying any big contracts or a lot of big contracts, they'd rather do that than spend a big payroll and win a hundred games and win the world series. As long as you're good enough to be competitive and get fans in the ballpark. I, I think that's what is the goal of more teams than winning the world series, which is unfortunate. And that's not to say that, um, GMs and players and managers aren't trying to with with the parameters they're given by the the teams that are the owners of the teams that they're not trying their best to win the World Series. But uh, what we're talking about is the the people who own baseball teams. The baseball owners are uh, kind of in charge of all this, and it's unfortunate and it's not it's not good to see if you're a baseball fan and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better and this was probably going to happen the the pandemic was an excuse to do this it wasn't the reason that they're doing this it was an excuse uh because we've seen it for a very long time yeah it was it was happening before um like like the boogie bets trade that was before the pandemic like yeah you're right um all right we could talk about this all day so we won't um before we wrap things up just let's let's look at the the, the last year um, what it meant for the Phillies, uh, how things are different now. So thinking back to, you know, to the beginning of 2020, they had just signed Zach Wheeler. They had just signed Didi Gregorius. Um, I think it was pretty, like, they the, the team last year was probably, or not probably, definitely the best team they had fielded probably, not probably, definitely since 2011. Um, you know, with Wheeler Nola top of the rotation and um, adding Gregorius to an already pretty good lineup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think – I don't think the team they feel this year is going to be as good as that team. No. no matter what happens in free agency, unless they actually pretty much go against everything they said they're going to do, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, Um yeah, like they're they're probably not going to be as talented as they were, at least position player wise. Next season, um, they're going to have the same starting rotation for the most part. Um, 
maybe their bullpen will be better or won't. I don't know. They had some arms in the bullpen last year. Like Brandon Workman was a really good reliever the year before, and it just didn't work out at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They're probably not – I don't think there's a single way that they end up having both Didi Gregorius and JT Realmuto both on the team next year, and that's almost a guaranteed downgrade uh, for one of those positions because of how they'll operate. Um, so, so yeah, it's not looking as great for next season. Um, at the same time, like the more things change, the more things stay the same. It feels like last year at this time, we were also talking about like, oh, so when are they going to extend real Muto? <laughs> and, right. uh, guess what? Same thing. Yeah. They have not given I, him a contract yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is like, people are going to be upset, like, understandably so if they don't resign him but like the failure happened last year when they didn't extend him like letting him letting him letting him get to free agency was really um the biggest failure of all i think um, i don't know i don't know like does it matter when you sign him like you just sign uh, him just if you get know. it done i don't think it matters all right yeah you're you're right i guess but i don't know i think they well <sighs> I say this too, not just because it, you know they didn't extend him, but because of their reasoning for not extending him, which is um, they didn't want to up his AAV heading into the season so that they could stay on the luxury tax. Which again, like, come on. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think, I think, I think that's the failure, right? Not doing it because of that. Um, it also yeah, you have a much better idea of what to do this off season if he's extended. Right, that's true. Um, and I also feel like at this time last year, we were like, all right, they signed Wheeler. That's pretty good. They signed Gregorius. That's pretty good. But uh, bullpen looks a little shaky. Like, are they going to add anyone there? And you know what? They, they just didn't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a crazy, crazy year, crazy season. To um, say the least. Let's, I mean, they were the – best team in spring training which obviously means so much um they, especially they when spring won. training uh you know gets cut off three quarters yeah after like yeah yeah um and then it was it was the whole waiting game which <laughs> was obviously brutal for everybody for us it meant um doing an episode on every single season since 2011 which was honestly pretty fun uh we had some we had some pretty good guests on the pod this year for sure yeah it was a good year of potting i mean it was tough to talk about baseball when there was no baseball but um that, <laughs> you know people definitely had much bigger problems than we did uh you know we we made the best of it out of a very weird unfortunate year uh but yeah it was a fun year of pods i would say we talked about a lot, had some good rants, had some good guests. Uh, it's been a good time. I'm looking forward to the next year. Hopefully um, things will get a little more normal. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your prediction? When, when does this, does the season start on time? Do we get 162 games? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm leaning that the way. The players what? are, I don't, I think the player. I think the owners are going going to be like, um, 
so let's push this back. Let's start it later. Let's have a shorter season. And the players are going to be like, uh, no, like, like, no, thank you. Give us our regular salaries and we'll do it. And the owners will say, uh, okay, you can play the whole season. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I feel like as far as like fans in the stands, I feel like that's going to be like a June or July thing. Um, as we wait for the, the vaccine to roll out and everything, but It'll be inter- interesting to see how. Well, I think some. I think some teams will have fans. I think some teams are going right to have right away day one. They had fans Probably. in the World Series, man. Like, yeah, that's true. I that's true. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they probably should, but I think we'll have fans right away. Yeah, um, especially in. I mean, don't aren't there still fans at NFL games in some states? Like. Yeah, the Eagles just played the Dallas Cowboys, and there was fans uh, in there. Yeah. So, in a dome, nice. Um, yeah, so it will be an interesting year, I think, from the Philly standpoint. I, as far as right now, I think it's it's probably very unlikely that they make the playoffs, um, considering it's not going to be an eight eight team or sixteen team playoff. It's going to be a well, maybe maybe they change their mind on opening day. Could happen. <laughs> They've done it before. Who knows? Of, of all of the rule changes last year, outside of DH, because because obviously we, we agree on, on DH, but um, runner on second, the the double header thing, expanded playoffs. If you could keep one, you could choose one to keep forever. What would it be? Um. Well, double headers don't really happen in non-pandemic seasons after like 1968 or something. Like they, they just in modern baseball, they're not really much of a thing. So, give me the runner on second and extras. See, I that's fine. Like, sure, but I want I want bring back the 18 inning games. Uh, I I would keep the seven inning double headers, and I would schedule like. I don't know, like five double headers per team every year. Like, I think that'd be fun. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Double headers are fun. Single admits, like they're fine. Day night double headers are awful. I yeah, they're somebody, trash. That's yeah, why they I don't. I tweeted about that once, and people gave me pushback. Like, oh, so you people want to you want to pay twice to get into the game? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> what are you doing? Here? It's so dumb. Yeah, I agree. Start the game. Start the next game thirty minutes after. Um, no, the, oh man! Like with all the doubleheaders this year, thirty minutes is too long. Like, what are we? Oh, doing? I agree. I agree. Why actually. is it not? Why is it not like ten <laughs> minutes? What are we waiting for? What, don't put on new. Jerseys. Just come out. Just, just, just send the pitcher out right away. Like, exactly. Don't, don't shake you... hands. Nothing. Well, can't shake hands anymore, man. Game. Oh, true. Game, but like the game two pitcher can start warming up in the fifth inning. Like, exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Make it like yeah, I. Make it like travel ball tournaments. Like, get these games rolling. Give it a time limit, even. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, I I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. Um, I think I do think that now that the the ball has gotten rolling a, a little bit, Phillies made their first trade. I think. Um, we'll see some more moves soon, um, but uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll talk to you next year. 
You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.